0: for two, kickers are extra, I give them the boo, ooh, going for two, sit back, relax, while I grab me a brew, ooh, now I'm reclining, while put in my time and I'm ready to go, my spine is aligning and much my my lineups, my bank account grow, I am so rich, but knowledge is all that I'm leaving it with, ooh, listen to this, multiple options, how far can I get, ooh, DFS dynasty, reader and I am not finishing last. I'm finishing past any and all I am looking to last what else? This spot is popping and I am so locked in And only opening the door when it is opportunity knocking And all of these spots keep on talking and talking So what are we talking? What kind of alignment And running it deep, even players forgotten Or cave in the bottom or hitting that topping And in this spot is popping, yeah this spot is popping and This is the armchair. yeah Put up your arms, yeah Sound the alarm, yeah
1: What is going on, guys, and welcome to episode 360 of the Armchair Fantasy Show. I'm your host, of course, Jeff Lambert. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeff Lambert 77 Of course, we're part of the Going For Two Live podcast network, and we're here every Wednesday night on Facebook Live, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, and our very own website, GoingForTwo.Live, of course, syndicated in all major podcast networks. Uh, if you are on YouTube, please hit the like and subscribe button. helps us out with our, with our algorithm uh, so you can see us more often. Uh, so tonight, if you notice, I do not have my co-host here tonight. Uh, he got married last week and said that he had no opportunities whatsoever to watch any football for this past week and a half, so he has no idea what's going on in the NFL right now. So to replace him tonight, we've got two guests. Uh, first and foremost, we have uh, Chu uh, at Father Dynasty on Twitter. Uh, he's also the host of a Father Dynasty podcast, and of course, he's a writer at Going for Two. What's up, Chu
2: what's up psyched to be here and i'm glad he has not watched football because i'm pretty sure his new wife would kill him if he did so <laughs> yeah exactly uh also joining us tonight is josh
1: he's also a writer for going for two and he hosts the saturday night live or saturday night five right here on going for two live uh and you can find him on twitter at roto what's up josh
3: hey guys i'm happy to be here you know i hope i can host saturday night live once that would be cool yeah. um but yeah i will say you got it's a lot better looking room today with ryan gone so <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah the, the the uh the attractive meter went up for sure <laughs> all right uh real quick guys just give i'm gonna give you a quick brief moment to talk about uh you know what you do in the fantasy space uh we'll go to you first josh
3: yeah so i'm about for the last little bit i've been working a lot so now i'm about to start get back into doing weekly rankings um uh, i do that i also have dynasty rankings that i keep updated uh, me and Brian, another guy going for two, a good friend of mine. We have a show on Saturday night at seven thirty called Dynasty Saturday Night Five. We break down different topics into five topics. We discuss it, debate it, and it's fun. So hoping to get the activity back up. Good stuff. And shoot.
2: Yeah. So I've got the Father Dynasty podcast over on YouTube. So that's, you know, usually a weekly uh podcast, about an hour or so talking, you know, fatherhood, fantasy football, but a little bit of everything it's kind of more of an open forum just usually having somebody else on and talking about things and i also post up you know dynasty trade videos i know dynasty trades are you know what people want to see in perpetuity so it's interesting to snag a couple of players each week and kind of look at a you know a trio of trades and kind of see week to week what's kind of happening in the dynasty landscape so I've got that i've got the writing over going for two and uh yeah just trying to find find new things to do in the fantasy space good stuff
1: all right, guys. As always, the show is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. You Check out their best ball leagues, huge tournaments, private leagues, and pickums, which we'll do tonight on the show. Uh, they got them for every major sport. Use our promo code GF2. Uh, get a deposit match up to 100 bucks. It's as simple as that. Download the app, use promo code GF2, and then start doing some pick'ems, Which uh, me and Ryan, we finally hit on a pick'em this year. We've been doing one every every week, and we finally hit one as a, as a group. So uh, that was exciting uh hopefully we can continue that trend this week uh, and hit on another one uh tonight's topics we're gonna do our spade our fade as usually which is our version of a sit start uh and because we are almost towards the end of the regular season we're gonna do what we got wrong players that uh we we missed on that we thought were going to be good that ended up not having great seasons of course we'll do some listener questions so if you're in the chat and you want some questions answered just drop them in there we'll get to them but of course as always we kick it off here with the nonsense draft attention everyone Let's mock draft. All right. So today we are drafting the best products, uh, or business slogan. Uh, we've thrown movie titles in there as well. Movie slogans or taglines that you wish you had come up with. So best product business movie slogan or tagline that you wish you'd come up with and chew you, uh, you got the, the long straw. So you got the, the one-on-one here. So let's hear what you
2: got. All right. Well, it's gotta be one that's inappropriate because that seems like on brand for me. So I'm going to go with, uh, a most important package is yours, and that's for FedEx, so that's, uh, that's a good one for me. <laughs> nice. I like that one. That's an awesome one. Good stuff. Josh, you're at the
3: 102. Yeah, I'm going to start off with one of my favorite movies, and this just kind of sums up kind of my humor, my personality. It's Tommy Boy. If at first you don't succeed, lower your standards.
1: <laughs> no. I think that's just oh, that's good advice. Good one. <laughs> that's a good so one. yeah, I, I really like that one. Love it. Yeah, that one is definitely, uh, definitely a good one um all right so i pretty much did all businesses and products so y'all you, you know you, you go on movies there so it leaves me all of my picks here so now i got to figure out which one i like the best here to take at the 103 um and i think i'm going to go with uh one from the ps from playstation it's live in your world play in ours it's just a really cool way to kind of uh you know it's video games and they're so immersive nowadays uh, I, I always kind of liked the way that one kind of came off. So yeah, live in your world, play in
2: ours uh, at the one Oh three here. Chew back to you at the one Oh four. All right. So I'm gonna go a little childish with this one and I'm pretty disappointed cause I really wanted Tommy boy. So that was a tremendous pick. Uh, but I'll, I'll go with another movie. So for monsters Inc, we scare because we care.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a good
2: one. <laughs> I like that. That's a good one.
3: Josh, you're that's up really here cool. at the one Oh five. Yeah. So I'm going to go with a product on this one. And I, I like slogans outside of the Tommy Boy one that have kind of two meanings. So I'm going to go with Guinness. Good things come to those who wait. You know, it's sort of advice. Patience is a virtue, but it also takes like 160 seconds to pour a pint of Guinness. So if you <laughs> like Guinness, it's worth the wait. But yeah, I like that one. That's a good one for sure. Uh, I'm
1: going to stay in the video game world with my pick, my next pick here. And this one, um, especially like in the late 90s, early 2000s, it's still around, but it's not quite as prominent. At least the slogan isn't. Uh, But it's for EA Sports when they go, it's in the game. I feel like that was like repeated, you know, so many times everyone kind of said it. It became sort of like a a catchphrase. Um, But I mean, it's it's really cool because that games at the time were, you know, the most realistic type games you had. You know, there wasn't very many football games back then where you actually have an actual playbook with real plays and real names. You know, you're used to the the mat or the, uh, the uh, Techmo Bowl style where it was just like run left, run right. Um, so yeah, I think Madden uh, was one of my favorite games growing up. So it's in the game was one that stuck with me. Chew, you got the 107.
2: See, uh, I got to go with a with a food one here, so I'm going KFC. It's finger looking good. <laughs> That's a great one. That was on my
1: list as well. Yep. Yep. Good good pick, good pick. Josh, your last pick here at the
3: 108. I'm struggling between doing another movie and doing a product. I think I'm going to do a product. I think I'm going to do Toyota. Let's go places. Just because the Toyota Hilux and even the Tacomas, you can run those things through about anything, and they're just going to keep moving. So yeah, mm-hmm. I go with that one. Yeah, Toyotas a great car.
1: So they'll last you forever. My dad had a 4Runner, it was like an '89 4Runner, and like it literally just retired like a few years ago. <laughs> That's how long that thing <laughs> probably lasted. Probably get
3: a couple thousand on Facebook Marketplace for it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> probably right. Um, all right, so I got the last pick here, and I still have a whole lot of options that I like here, but I'm going to go with the, this one's classic. This one is, they made a whole movie based around it. Just do it. The Nike logo, the Nike slogan. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows that worldwide is one of the most popular, most well-known slogans ever. So, yeah, I'll go with that one. Just do it. But a couple of honorable mentions I had on here. Uh, I had Foster's Australian for beer. I always loved mm-hmm. that one. Um, and then uh, another iconic one is the uh, the Verizon guy. Can you hear me now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had that one on mine for sure. Yeah. Nice. Do you have any other ones y'all want to mention real quick?
3: Yeah, I'll do Office Space. Work sucks. There's no explanation needed for that one. and It's an amazing movie, so (laughs) 100%. Uh,
2: I've got one more. It's another inappropriate one, so it's kind of that or FedEx. So this one's melts in your mouth, not in your hand. That's for M&M's. (laughs) M&M's. Love
1: it. Love it. All right, let's get to some football stuff. News and notes from around the league. All right, uh, I put this one here uh, especially for Chew. Uh <laughs> the Panthers uh fire their head coach, uh fire their OC. They basically cleaned house, um, hitting the reset button already. Uh just in general, what are your thoughts on the move? Do you like the move? And then from a, a perspective of fantasy, do you think it does anything for the rest of the season in fantasy? Does it improve anybody? Does it, you know, does it hurt anybody?
2: Well, the problem at this point, this deep in the season is I mean, Bryce Young has been getting used and abused uh, throughout the year. And it doesn't help that, certainly in the last couple of games, the offensive line that already wasn't performing up to, up to snuff has now gotten decimated by injuries. So at this point, whoever they're going to put in there, whatever scheme they're going to run or tweak, which at this point, I don't know that you can really install a brand new scheme in the middle of the season. I don't, I'm not, you know, I'm hoping there's maybe a couple of bright spots here and there, but at least for fantasy, you can still hope that Adam Thielen's going to be a target hog because he and Bryce have a good, uh, Good connection. I know I went to see the uh, Panthers Texans game in uh, in Charlotte, and even being able to see that game live, you could see how he just continued to zero in on Thielen. It was almost just like I'm not going to look anywhere else. I don't care if Thielen's open. I'm just going to throw it to Adam Thielen. And you know, the running game has been, you know, Chuba Hubbard's been somewhat of a bright spot. But the fact that I have to say that out loud makes me feel pretty gross. Uh, so I'm hoping for you know a little bit of upward momentum, but. I'm just looking on the next season at this point.
1: Yeah, it's, it, was, it was kind of surprising. I thought, you know, firing the head coach at this point in the season, it just seemed like it had no benefit. Now, there are probably some things going around behind the scenes that we don't know about um, that might have contributed to it. But from the, from our perspective, at least, it didn't seem to make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, anything that you see from this, j- Josh, that could either benefit fantasy owners or, or, in, um, or other players that you're no longer interested in now because of the change?
3: The main thing I'm monitoring with this is the running back usage. I don't know what's going on with Miles Sanders or why he wasn't on the field as much, but I mean, Hubbard's been fine, but I, I just wonder if this that'll change the touches, touches, touches at all, and Miles Sanders might be relevant, at least as like someone on your bench that you can throw in in a bind. Yeah, assuming you didn't already drop him, because uh, he's been mm-hmm. pretty bad, but
1: um He's definitely been good. So, I mean, the, the, the talent is definitely there. It's just, a, you know, the offensive line, like, like Chu mentioned, is not good. And uh, Chuba Hubbard, for whatever reason, has been able to find more room to run than, than uh, Sanders has, for sure. Yeah. We'll stick with the running backs here. And, of course, uh, we didn't know it in the game. But uh, after the fact, they announced that uh, Jonathan Taylor is going to have a thumb surgery. He's going to be out uh, two to three weeks. Um, I'll go to you first, Chu. If you're a Jonathan Taylor owner... What are you doing with this news? Hopefully you, you held on to Zach Moss, but uh, you know, what, what, what are you doing with this news here? Are you going to try to, you can't really move them because it's past the trade deadline. Probably you probably just stuck holding them until the playoffs, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, it really doesn't help with it being two to three weeks at this point. If you're a Jonathan Taylor owner and you're either, hopefully you've already locked the playoffs or maybe this week you can lock them. And I would assume a lot of people that are Jonathan Taylor owners do have Zach Moss. Hopefully you didn't drop him after Taylor came back. Because even once Taylor came back, Moss was still getting pretty good usage uh, in those first couple of weeks there. So you have to hold him. You can't drop him. You can't trade him. It, it just sucks at this point in the year that you're having to hold someone that's injured that you know you can't move, but that you know will be tremendously useful when he comes back. But even when he comes back, could it be like when he came, uh, came back from uh, uh, earlier in the year? Is it going to be still a Zach Moss, Jonathan Taylor 50-50 split? And you're going to be really furious at that point in the playoffs doing that. So.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be dicey, especially if you do own Zach Moss, because you can't play both of them, right? So yeah. you're gonna to have to pick one or the other. Do you do you play Zach Moss or do you play Jonathan Taylor? I'm assuming you play Taylor and just hope that he comes back, you know, fully healthy, but I'd be frustrated as hell if I play Jonathan Taylor. He gets six carries and Zach Moss goes bananas on my bench, that's for sure. <laughs> what about you, Josh? What are your thoughts
3: on the situation here? Yeah, you just like you said with the trade deadline gone you hold him dynasty you're still holding him just because he's the better back there and that will prevail but it's just really unfortunate especially if you're like in the middle trying to fight for the playoffs and you don't have zach moss and now you're you know you're like six and seven or you know right there at 500 but if you're in the playoffs you can just sit there and hope he's back right in time yeah
1: Speaking of back right on time, Justin Jefferson is finally off of IR. Um, he's coming back. His bye week is this week, so you can't play him this week, obviously. Uh, but luckily for most of us who have a week, you know, I think week 15 is the playoffs. Uh, you're going to have him for the playoffs. Uh, I'm assuming you plug him right in, right? Right, Chu? you? You just, just
2: you plug him in no matter what, right? You do. But this honestly couldn't be a worse time for him because... You see Kirk Cousins go down. They trade for the almighty Joshua Dobbs. But then at this point, they're going into a buy with Josh Dobbs throwing four picks. Is it going to be him, Jaron Hall? Is it going to be Nick Mullins, who I think is on the team now or on the practice squad? So the uncertainty there makes me nervous, but I feel like with what Dobbs has been able to do before, I feel like he's going to retain the job. And with his run and gun, just get it done style, you know, he, from, for his standpoint, He may not have the prettiest game, but I feel like he's going to force feed Justin Jefferson because what quarterback wouldn't do that? So you got to plug him in. Yeah. Are you in the same mindset, Josh?
3: Yeah. You plug Jefferson in. Even if it's Nick Mullins or someone else, they're still going to go through him and Hawkinson. And honestly, with Dobbs not being the best deep ball thrower, I mean, Justin Jefferson's making that catch Addison could That was a terrible throw, but he can make up for deficiencies with throwing just because he's so good and gets so open. So. Yeah, so let me ask you this,
1: Josh. Uh, Jefferson, you're, you're
3: playing Jefferson. Let's say you're an Addison
1: owner. Uh, can you still be comfortable starting Addison, knowing that now you've got Hawkinson still in the mix? You can have Jefferson there. Addison becomes the third wheel? Depends on
3: the flex. I think he like he comes from a wide receiver two to three down to a flex. If you've got, you got some good flex options, he's probably just relegated to the bench. But it really just depends on, on the team and what you got. But it definitely hurts him because he was the main receiver they were throwing to.
1: Yeah, let me give you a, a, an either or here because this just the one popped in my head. You have Josh
3: Downs. You playing Josh Downs or Addison? I'm going to play Josh Downs. Yeah. His target shared in with Pittman's higher, and they don't have a major tight end to work through either. He's the second option. So Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Uh, let's move to another running back injury.
1: Um, Pete Carroll says that uh, he hasn't seen anything from Kenneth Walker to suggest that he's going to play this week. Uh, we did see Zach Charbonnet last week, and of course, he had a tough matchup. Didn't look very good. Um, are you comfortable playing Charbonnet this week, uh, Chu?
2: You know, it's kind of similar with, you know, this week, it's also not going to be a tremendous matchup. Tomorrow being uh, the game with Thursday night game with the uh, Cowboys. So I think if you're in a pinch, I feel okay starting him because certainly you're not having to worry about him losing like substantial touches to DJ Dallas or I really thought Kenny McIntosh was going to get more involved and he was not at all involved. So I'm still kind of nervous that out of nowhere, Pete Carroll is going to (laughs) do that. But I mean, overall volume wise, I trust Charbonnet to get what he's going to get, but with how high powered this Dallas Cowboys offense has been, I don't know, you know, unless Charbonnet does keep the target share up of, you know, five, six, seven targets a game, unless that happens. I don't know. He, uh, you can hope he gets double digits in PPR, but I don't know if he will.
1: Yeah. A good call. Yeah, his volume is kind of king there, Josh. Uh, what are your thoughts on on Charbonnet? Let's say you're a Kenneth Walker owner. Is it a, is it a straight one for one trade? Like, are you, or do you think you have somebody on your bench that you could potentially
3: start over Charbonnet? I'm, a, I hopefully have someone on my bench. I hope if you really need to trade and you're in a real pinch and you feel like you need someone, you could make a trade. But I'm hoping you got someone on your bench because, like Chu said, he's going to be relying on a touchdown or five or six catches to even reach double digits because that Cowboys defense is really good.
1: Very good. Yeah, 100 percent Tough, tough matchups all around. Uh, and one final injury note, it's kind of a small one, but it's it's making this receiving core very shallow. Uh Rahid Shahid uh unlucky to play with the quad injury. Of course, they already lost Michael Thomas. Uh Chris Alave is now in the concussion protocol. Uh is there anybody? Let's say Alave, let's just say Alave plays, so obviously you're gonna play Alave, but is there anybody else outside of Kamara that you want to play in this Saints offense to?
2: I mean, Rashid Shahid's my guy, so it breaks my heart. Uh, but at, I would not advise anyone start At Perry as I did in the first round of the <laughs> Scott Fishball playoffs. Which that was only because I let my son, my five year old son, make one roster decision each week, he he chose At Perry over Curtis Samuel. Ooh, I'm not brutal. in the playoffs anymore. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the other two guys, I mean, Keith Kirkwood, Lynn Bowden. I'm I'm excited to see Lynn Bowden still in the NFL. Uh, great story. But I mean, in terms of fantasy production, you know you can hope Juwan Johnson is going to do something to Taysom Hill. But I mean, that's what you perpetually think with those tight ends is who's, who's going to be the one getting one or two touchdowns. So comfortably start. I think it's pretty much exclusively a and Kamara. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you a hundred percent on that one. I'm assuming Josh, you're in the same boat there. Is there somebody else
1: that you're, that you're looking at?
3: I'm actually a little bit higher on Juwan Johnson. I had him as I have five or six players for the fade and spade. I have Juwan Johnson as a spade just cause he should see eight, maybe nine targets if it goes well. Cause especially if a is out, like, who else are they going to throw to? So I think I think he can maybe plug Taysom Hill in there too, but I, I'd almost prefer Jawan Johnson over Taysom Hill just for a plug and play. Yeah, good call. But yeah, it's not good. it could be ugly too, though. That's the thing. It's
1: risky. It is very risky. You'd have to be uh, pretty hard up to be starting him, yeah. so good call. Uh, and that's a perfect segue right into the Spade or Fade. Spade or Fade. All right, so you gave us uh, one of your spades already, Josh. But we'll go to you first. Give us one of your
2: spades. So we talked about him a little bit, Zach Moss. I mean, we've seen what he can do when it's just his backfield and Tennessee run defense. It's middling. You know, I would prefer if it was going to be one of like, you know, the five weaker or weakest uh, run defenses there for fantasy. But if it's no Jonathan Taylor and it's Zach Moss's backfield, I feel very comfortable. You know, we talked about volume of that being beneficial for Charbonnet, but only to a certain degree. Zach Moss doesn't, is not going up against uh, the Dallas Cowboys run D. So. Definitely starting Zach Moss.
1: Yeah, good call. Uh, I'm going to stick with the running backs uh, for my spade as well. Uh, And a guy that uh, has had two kind of rough weeks because he's played two pretty good run defenses. Uh, People might be down on him because they're looking at the box score thinking, oh, man, this guy's not doing very well. But despite having a down week last week, he still had 24 opportunities, 18 carries. I'm talking about Javante Williams uh, going to the Houston Texans. Uh, he's getting all the volume. I know uh, Smaji Piran was a 5 waiver wire ad this week because he had a touchdown. Uh, he was a little bit more involved in that fourth quarter. Uh, Williams didn't get anything going, but Williams is still the man in this offense and has been for a few weeks. Like I said, 24 opportunities is pretty, pretty stout. Uh, and against a much weaker defense in the Houston Texans, I think Javante Williams gets loose this week. Uh, and I think if you know, if if Perrin hadn't or uh, P Ryan hadn't vultured that touchdown, we wouldn't be talking about this because it would be Javante Williams to get that touchdown, and he'd have been fine. because I think he had 18 carries, 65 yards, add a touchdown to that plus the couple catches that he had, and he's good to go. So he is, uh, he's one of my spades for the week. Javante Williams, let's go back around again and give us a
3: fade this time, Josh. Yeah, so a fade. I'm going to, and this. I'm just going to say Jordan Love coming off one of his career best games. And it's nothing against him, really. It's just more that it's at Kansas City against the Chiefs defense. They've been fifth best against quarterbacks and third best in total yards and points allowed. And I'm just not the biggest fan of that receiving core as a whole. I think they're all decent. But without being able to run the ball, Aaron Jones playing really is going to and how healthy is is going to impact that. But I could see them not scoring a lot of points because the Chiefs only allow, I think, 16 points a game. So. Yeah, the Chiefs have
1: been sort of flipped on their head a little bit because they are more of a defensive team this year. They're winning because of their yeah. defense. I know Mahomes is exactly. thing still, but his receivers aren't very good, and that defense is a lot better than people want to give credit for, for sure. Chew, what you
2: got for a fade? So I'm sure no one was incredibly excited about this person to this point in the season anyway, but definitely fading Drake London. Ritter is still the quarterback. I've faded him ever since he was in Cincinnati. But going against that Jets secondary, it is absolutely menacing. I feel like Ritter's going to throw picks left and right. I kind of think Heineke is going to show up at some point in the game. It won't get better for them, but it's just going to be a nightmare.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, I actually had him on my list as well. Jets rate six, uh, six best against the team's number one wide receiver. Drake London has been looking a little bit better lately, but yeah, against this Jets defense, I will definitely pass. If I got better options, I'm going elsewhere. Uh, so my fade is going to be a guy that me and Ryan both love on the podcast, talking up in the preseason. And, you know, he's been really good this year. I think he's uh, currently top 12 uh, running back. I believe maybe just outside, uh, Brian Robinson versus Miami. Uh, Miami's run defense is actually surprisingly good. They're fifth fewest points allowed to running backs. Not to mention, I think Miami kind of runs the score up here. Uh, and I think it's going to kind of, force them to go away from the run a little bit. I know Robinson's been involved in the passing game, but he's not really a pass catching running back. He's more of a guy that kind of benefits from a few dump offs, uh, which he may still get. Uh, but overall, if I got better options than Brian Robinson, uh, I'm looking elsewhere. because I, I don't
2: think he's going to have a great week this week.
1: Uh, let's do one more spade. Uh, we'll go to you first this time, Chu.
2: Well, I guess I'll piggyback off of what you just said. And my spade is Tua a So I know he's coming off of his worst fantasy performance of the year and who better to play than the Washington commander's defense. I mean, the only thing that this team really had going was that front seven and then they traded Traded some of the the best parts of it away, fired the defensive coordinator, which I do think was probably necessary. Uh, So, I mean, that defense is in absolute shambles. And honestly, even if it, even if they still had those two players uh, on that D line, Tua is slicing and dicing with the yak monsters that he, he has around him. So I mean, Tyreek's going to get to 2,000 this year, and it's, a lot of those yards are going to be uh, here against the Commanders. Yep, 100%. The
1: only thing that I will say is that uh, I live here in Washington, D.C., and that field is not the greatest field in the world. True. Uh, so it will slow down Miami a little bit, but I do think that they're still going to score plenty of points, and Tyreek Hill's still going to do his thing. Yeah. Uh, agreed. Uh, I'll go next and take my spade, and I'll give you the last one here, Josh. Uh, I'm going to take a guy we talked about earlier in the podcast a little bit when I gave you a either-or situation, but Josh Downs at Tennessee. Uh, you mentioned the targets that he's getting. He got 13 targets last week. Uh, you know, Obviously, we know there's going to be no JT in the backfield, so that's one less mouth to feed. Uh, Titans give up the six most points to the receivers overall. So uh, Josh Downs, if you've got him, fire him up. And I agree with Josh. Start him over at Addison this week. Uh, I think Josh Downs is going to have a nice, a nice week this week, especially in PPR leagues for sure.
3: Josh, what you got for your spade? All right. <clears throat> so the last one I was choosing between – Mm-hmm. Rashi Rice, who I like, he gained home distrust But I think I'm gonna go further down. I was looking through the Fantasy Pros consensus rankings and they have Greg Dortch down at 65. And I just think he could blow that value out of the water and finish his top 30, 40. And at the game's at Pittsburgh, but he's had 17 targets in the last two games, and he's shown last year and in the past that he can be he can be good and be relevant. And I think if I was choosing between him and Rondo Moore, I'm gonna fire up Greg Dortch because Moore's game, he had one long catch, and that's I don't know if he's ever done that in his career until now. So it's yeah, I, I think Greg Dortch is being undervalued this week, especially in DFS. So I agree hundred percent. I actually had him
1: last week in one of my DFS lineups and I, and I was loving that he was so low owned. People aren't mm-hmm. giving him his respect, but I mean, he's getting targeted like crazy um and has and been really good. So yeah, that's that's a good call there. I like I like the I like the deep reach down there. All right, let's get to our uh, our prop bets. Prop bet of the week. All right, let me bring up the uh the screen here, the underdog screen. Of course, as we mentioned at the top, uh GF2 is the promo code guys if you want to play. Uh we're about to show you how easy this is to do some pickums here. Uh it's a lot easier and more straightforward I think than DraftKings and FanDuel cuz can get a little bit uh, overwhelming if you're not used to it. Uh this is pretty much straightforward here. So, uh we'll go to you first, you. Give us uh give us your
2: uh your prop bet here. So, Jeff, I know you don't love kickers, but uh, I do love a good uh, kicker prop bet. So, if we want to go ahead and uh, go with Cowboys kicker, Brandon Aubrey. And what's his, uh, I'm gonna, what's his line there? So he's got one and a half field goals made. I'm I'm thinking the over one and a half field goals made. Yeah, I, I, that's a good one. I like that one because they have the extra points at three and I'm pretty nervous about that. If they had it at two and a half, I'd go over, but yeah, one and a half. Yeah, I, I agree a hundred percent. That's a good
1: one. And we typically don't do uh kickers on here, but I like it. I like it. I'm all about winning some money, so I don't care. Kicker's going to win some money, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> Jeff, we've
2: had that bank account. I think you might be a kicker fan after <laughs> yeah, all.
3: Exactly. <laughs> all right, Josh, what you got for yours? Yeah, so you you talked about uh, him as a fade, but I'm going to go Brian Robinson over on his receiving yards prop. I think it said at 12 and a half. All right. Well. And I mean, in the last three games he's had 119 59 then 11 yards the 11 might be closer but even then it just takes one reception to break over that so Yeah, that one screen pass one. one dump off so yeah. especially in a game we're going to be playing from behind yeah there's gonna be tons yeah, of questions around mm-hmm. yeah 12
1: and a half That that number's pretty low i like that i like that a lot um oops and i'm gonna go to a guy that i had as a spade Uh, I mentioned Javante Williams. I think his rushing yards is way too low for a guy that's going to get 18 to 20 carries. Uh, His rushing yards is set at 58 and a half. I think he absolutely smashes that. Um, So I'm going to go higher on Javante Williams at the 58 and a half. To recap here, we've got Brandon Aubrey, the kicker from the Dallas Cowboys, going higher than one and a half field goals made. We have Brian Robinson at uh, higher 12 and a half receiving yards. And Javante Williams, higher, 58 and a half rushing yards. Let me drop my $5 on there just to show you how easy it is to submit. And that's it. So if you want to play underdog, uh, again, you go get the app, go to the website, use our promo code GF2, uh, deposit up to 100 bucks, and they're going to match whatever you put in there. So if you put in a full $100, you are going to have 200 bucks to bet. Uh, it, it, like I said, it makes it so easy. You just go you just pick some, a few prop bets. them in a lineup, the more picks you put in there, the more money you can make. Um so that is that. Let's uh close this window here and we'll get to our next segment here. So this is my favorite segment to do. We've done this three times this year. I I always like accountability. Uh I'll hit the drop and then I'll just I'll just kind of go through what some of the things that me and Ryan have done so far this year. Hold on.
0: I'm stupid. You're smart. I was wrong. You were right you're the best I'm the worst. Uh, You're very good looking. I'm not attractive.
1: All right. As long as you're willing to admit that now. All right. So this is it. Uh, As analysts, we don't like to admit when we're wrong. Uh, Me and Ryan have gone through this uh, exercise a couple times this year already. But now that we're getting down towards the end of the season, uh, we pretty much know these guys by now. Um, They're not going to break out if we're wrong on them. We're wrong on them. Uh, And uh, Chu, I'll let you kick this segment off here on give me one of the players that you were wrong on.
2: Well, right when I saw that we were talking about this, without even looking up stats, I can I knew that I needed to put Rashad Penny in here. This man broke my heart this season. He has what six touches yeah. to this point in the year. I mean, at a certain point, even as we got through the season, I was like, oh, maybe they're keeping him fresh. And once it gets a little colder outside, and they really need to ground and pound, they're going to play him. He's done. <laughs> He's dust. I don't. I, it's not going to happen. So
1: I was wrong. Yeah, that was a, that was interesting, right? Because they didn't they, they he was a free agent. And they wouldn't sign him.
2: It was a cheap deal, but it was still like, all right, well, you guys are always saying running backs are cheap, so you just bought a cheap running back. That's fine. Yep.
1: So, not even given but, an opportunity, really. You said six touches is all he's had offseason. It's just absolutely yep. insane. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Josh, what you got?
3: Yeah, I'm taking the L on Rashad Penny, too. I've been on mine and Brian's show <laughs> talking to him up before the season started. I'm a huge Rashad Penny fan, but yeah, it's, he's, he's done. Um, I'm going to start with one of my guys I was highest on, Jerry Judy. Uh, You know, I was kind of down on Russ in the offense, but I also thought he was a lot better than Cortland Sutton, but it just hasn't shown to be that way. I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. There's been some things with Steve Smith, some other distractions going on, but he's just been pretty terrible for fantasy, especially where I had him ranked coming into the season. So I took a big L on that one.
1: Yeah, Judy was one of the ones that hurt me as well, because he plays sort of like the same position that Lockett plays, and we saw over Mm -hmm. the years how how Lockett and Russell Wilson connected. And I kind of envisioned that same sort of player with Judy. And it just never happened, even with the new coaching staff and everything else. And Croton said has (laughs) been sort of that guy, 100%. All right, I'm going to go with a guy that I think still has a good career ahead of him. He's made some of the best best catches you will ever see. Unfortunately, just not making enough of them. And his quarterback has a lot to do with it. But uh, I'm going with George Pickens. Uh, is currently the wide receiver thirty-seven. I, I had him, uh, I think, pretty close to the top of my uh, receiver twos. I had him like fifteen or sixteen, really high up there. I Thought he was going to break out this year. I thought uh, Kenny Pickett would have a you know sort of a mini breakout season and be able to support both Pickens and uh, Deontay Johnson. Uh, it's been absolutely trash there. I think firing uh, Canada definitely helps out a little bit. Maybe we'll see a little bit of a of a of a flourish towards the end here, but. Um, Pickens broke my heart. I really thought he was going to be like an alpha receiver and was going to actually smash this year. And the fact that he's sitting at a flex spot right now, not even a receiver three, uh, it kind of hurts. So Pickens is my player that I got wrong. We'll go back around again, Josh, give me one of your, uh, your other players you got wrong.
3: Yeah, I'm going to go with um, another receiver and there's still hope this season because there has been flashes, but Jahan Dotson, when uh, I thought, you know, I was pretty high on Curtis Samuel, but I had John Dotson over McLaurin and Curtis Samuel coming into the year, and it's he's been the third option. So I've just – he still had some good games. I think he's still going to produce going down the stretch. But for Howell to have so many passing yards, I figured Dotson would definitely be a lot higher than he is. Yeah, me and Ryan
1: were both on uh, high on Dotson as well. Actually, he made the show, I think, the last time we did this segment because we, we thought he'd had that breakout. And then he had a couple, couple games in a row, like, okay, <laughs> it's happening. Here it is. And then he went right back to doing nothing again. So it was it was frustrating to say the least. Um, I'll go next here, and we'll let you go last. Uh, and I'm going to take a big L on this one. I even put a tweet out just recently, uh, kind of kind of uh, owning my L. Uh, I was very vocal about hating this rookie class. I you know, and I'm going to lump all of them in together. Now, obviously, we know the B. John Robinsons, and we knew that some of those players are going to be good. But as a whole, I did not like this rookie class at all. I traded a lot of my picks away. Uh, For next season, I was poo-pooing it, saying it's not really going to be a good class. And here we're sitting, and I think Ryan McDowell actually took my tweet and put it in his article uh, and actually was talking about it in the article. And I think he said that the last time that this has happened was in 1998, when we have six rookies currently ranked in the top 10 in fantasy points per game. Uh, It hasn't happened since 1998. So not only did I take an L on the rookie class being good, I took a huge L. It's one of the best rookie classes that's ever come out. Uh, so, yeah. I'm in history, Yeah, Jeff. in history. Exactly. I started playing fancy football in 1998. So, the last time this has happened when I first started playing fancy football. So, uh, yeah, big L for that one. But uh, this rookie class has been absolutely amazing and it's fun to watch. Uh, but, yeah, I definitely was wrong about this rookie class for sure. Chu closes <laughs> out here. What you got?
2: Uh, probably not an exciting name uh, and certainly not exciting for me anymore. But, Mike Gusecki, I really thought he was being atrociously used towards the tail end of his time in Miami, and I thought, it's New England, who else is Mac Jones going to throw to? Little did we know who's even going to be throwing to anyone else. Uh, At this point, I don't even know who the quarterback's going to be, but Mike Gusecki, I really thought that uh, they were truly going to use him in the way that, you know, how he had thrived earlier in his career. They just haven't. He, I mean, his target volume, the highest targets he's ever gotten uh, in one game, I think, is maybe four, and that I don't think was repeated at all. Uh, And that's with just a dearth of uh, pass-catching talent around him, although I I am a fan of Demario Douglas. Shout-out Liberty University, but... Yeah, it's uh, it, that was a big L for me, and you know, I didn't think he was going to be top ten, but I mean, I, I thought tight end two was in the realm of possibility, and that did not happen. Yeah, he he, yeah, he's been really bad,
1: and I just don't know what happened to him because we, you know, he we yep. were excited when he came out of college. He had that he's one freak athlete. Yeah, he had that you know one really good season, and then a sort of he just disappeared and, and kind of faded off into the into the background. And you're right. I mean, we went to New England. We all thought he was going to come back and have a good season this year, and been absolutely trash. I'm just waiting for Dalton Kincaid to follow that same career path. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Jamie's taking an L on uh, Tank Dell, which, uh, you know, I'll take, a, I'll take an L on Tank Dell as well because I thought he'd be too small. Again, I hated the whole rookie class, so with that, he's included in that. Um, I was definitely wrong on Tank Dell. I still love Collins. Collins has still been really good. He said he, he was touting him over Collins. Uh, I think both players are going to be good going forward, but yeah, Tank Dell hmm. was definitely in that mix of guys that I was not a big fan of, that have, have panned out for sure. All right, let's get to our listener questions. Go ahead, ask me anything. All right, first one we got here, Josh, is from Shamanator on Discord. Uh, he said he's trading his Kyler Murray. He currently has Dak. So he's trading Kyler Murray, Calvin Ridley. And Bijan Robinson for Jordan Love, Justin Jefferson, and Josh Jacobs. It's a fourteen-team half-point PPR, uh, and he needs uh, he needs a win here to, to clinch. So again, let me recap: Murray, Ridley, Bijan Robinson for Jordan Love, Justin Jefferson, who's coming back, but you got to wait a week for him, and Josh Jacobs.
3: Okay, so I'm guessing this is probably redraft. Yes, it is redraft. Okay, that changes it a little. Well, I don't know. I like I like the love Jefferson and Jacobs side in Dynasty for sure, but I think I still kind of lean that side. If you can wait, the big caveat is if you could wait one more week for Justin Jefferson, which he says he's got it clinched, so I would go ahead and just go get Justin Jefferson for the playoffs.
1: Yeah, that's a good call. You're right. He says he clinched, and the guy that he's trading these players to needs to clinch or needs to win to clinch, so he needs a yeah. player now where he can't wait on Justin Jefferson. So I think, yeah, in that situation, I think I do go with Jefferson. I do think that he can be good. because mm-hmm. um, Jacobs about- has been just as good as Bijan and redraft this year. So mm-hmm. yeah, a hundred percent. What about you, Chu? Are you in the same boat?
2: Yeah, a hundred percent. You know, I think there is still, yeah who is going to be throwing the ball to Justin Jefferson, but he's still Justin Jefferson. Jacobs has yeah been a volume hog, and that's especially once the coaching changes happen. I feel like there's been a renewed trust in Jacobs to just kind of lead that team. Yep. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's funny. So if the guy he's sending that Murray, Ridley, and Robinson, he needs to clinch. Murray has a buy in week 14, so <laughs> yeah. he's setting him up for failure, so you should absolutely do this trade, and he will be pissed in week 14. <laughs> yeah, it's so. true. He doesn't look far enough ahead. You're right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right. This next one is from uh, Biggest Gundy on Discord, and this is actually a, a, a question for commissioners and how to handle this. Um, so I'm going to go to you first, you. So it's a trade between the first place team and an eliminated team. Uh, the trade he says is arguably fair. It's it's uh, it's T.J. Hawkinson for Thielen and Hopkins. Um, but just overall, what are your thoughts on a team that's already in the playoffs? Trading with a team that has been eliminated from the playoffs.
2: First, my kind of pretty steadfast rule of if you're changing things or whatever, I feel like it cannot be in season. You will have a revolt on your hands if you make a rule change in the middle of the season. But if this is something that you're trying to address, like you know, kind of table it now, talk about in the off season, and you can actually have this specific example, depending on if that guy wins the league or I don't know, you can at least kind of point it out and be like, look. How about if anyone is statistically, you know, unable to make the playoffs, like they're they're already out, even if the season maybe is still going? I guess you can institute that they're not allowed to trade, because I mean, at that point, again, they could win out and it could make them feel good, but they're still not going to make the playoffs. So as long as there's not some sort of like additional punishment uh, that if whoever comes in last gets, you know, some level of degradation that is just ridiculous, if you also don't let them trade then that kind of screws them over unfairly. But if it's just you're in last place and that's it, then I think you could do something like that. Yeah. And I
1: think it it has to be, we're talking redraft leagues here. I think dynasty, I think is a different animal altogether. Oh yeah. Teams are, you know, trying to get fixed for next year, but uh, Mm. you know, and that's why I've always put a trade deadline in, into into my redraft league. So I know a lot of teams don't, a lot of leagues don't do trade deadlines because they like to trade up until the final, you know, final game. Uh, But maybe there is a cutoff, Maybe not a a hard trade deadline for everybody, but maybe a a trade deadline for if you're eliminated at this point, you can't trade. What are your thoughts, Josh, on this one?
3: Yeah, I think you should definitely have a trade deadline for redraft leagues. The opposite for Dynasty, and that's kind of why I prefer Dynasty these days. But if you're eliminated, I'm okay if you pick players up off the waiver wire and stuff because you don't want to get last place. But I don't think you should be trading if you're eliminated with teams that are still competing. It's just... It's too slippery of a slope and there's just too many things that could go wrong and piss people off. So it's just not even worth it.
1: Let me ask you this. Would, would you allow it if it's eliminated team traded with eliminated teams because they want to do better in the, in the toilet bowl round? Are you okay with that?
3: Yeah, I think so. Cause it takes away any, if the bottom teams are colluding, like who, who gives a shit, you know, it's like, right. Yeah. And with, I mean, this expanded even further too. what if it's waiver
1: wire? What if there's some hot waiver wire guy out there? Do you think teams that are eliminated should be still added from the waivers?
2: I mean, ideally not, but that can also be just from the standpoint of if I'm trying to you know, make a playoff run and I need to fill that running back spot and then someone, someone take, I mean, assuming he was on the waiver, someone snags Zach Moss, and I'm like, come on, dude. Like, I have Jonathan Taylor. I need that guy. Yeah. But I, I would hear myself saying it and be like, ha hey, kind of sounds like I'm whining yeah. a little bit, so I don't know if I can, if I can say no to that.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a slippery slope for sure, for sure. All right. uh, This next one, Josh, we got a, uh, looks like a sit start question here from Uber Eric 54 on Discord, uh, week 13. Javante Williams, Ramondre Stevenson, or Tank Dell? And it is a half point PPR league. Which one are you starting out of those three guys? Tough
3: decision. uh, yeah. It's, it's really between Stevenson and Tank Dell for me. I agree with you that I think Javante Williams is being a little underused, but there's also a chance that they get behind and the game script's not as well. Ramondre Stevenson has gotten 20 carries the past two games, and Tank Dell has just been playing out of his mind. So I would narrow it down between Stevenson and Tank Dell. Half PPR might lean Stevenson because there's so many other options. No Brown will be back, they still have Nico, so yeah, that's a good call. Uh, What about you Chu? Where are you going here?
2: Yeah, Ramondre is the same thing. I mean, ever since the, I mean, the quarterback situation hasn't been great most of the season, but when it really kind of went into the toilet the last couple of weeks, I feel like Ramondre just stepped, finally stepped up and is just taking control of this offense with volume. It has also been reasonably efficient too. Uh, Mm -hmm. So going against the Chargers, I I definitely trust him to do well. And, uh, you know, with Tank Dell, again, he's been playing out of his mind, but Nico has stepped up pretty well. Yeah, Noah Brown is getting a wild amount of targets, uh, which I love to see. I did like him in Dallas. Uh, and yeah, Javante, I'm a, I'm a Julian McLaughlin fan, so I don't think he's ever going to take his job, but I always worry, you know, siphon off a target here or there, and you know, is Javante going to get enough? I'm not sure.
3: Fair enough. I'll, I'll say Dell's the ceiling player. Stevenson's a forward play, because Dell could go off for 30-something points, but Stevenson's probably going to get you 15 to 20 points. Yeah, that's a yeah. good
1: call. If, you're, if you need the ceiling play, go with mm-hmm. Hank Dell. I like it. All right. Uh, the next one here is from dry toast. Uh, and I'll start with you two. Uh, so Lamar Jackson's on his bye week so he's got to decide between Jordan love, Russell Wilson, or Matt Stafford. And it says full PPR, which doesn't matter in the situation, but so Jordan love, Russell Wilson,
2: or Stafford as your starter for Lamar Jackson. So there's not going to be any trick plays where they catch a ball.
1: <laughs> I mean, I guess there could all be.
2: Right, right. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, I would go Russell Wilson. Uh, I didn't. I never felt like I would say that, given how last year went for Wilson, and even to this point, i you know, I feel like just checking the standings and seeing how well he's done. It's still kind of in disbelief of like how how is this happening with the Broncos right now? Uh, but you know, they're playing the Texans. Uh, I do trust Russell Wilson to. I mean, he's another decent floor play. I feel like he's going to get at least fifteen fantasy points. Jordan Love is someone who I I would want to play, given how well he's done recently. But I'm just really nervous about uh, about that matchup. So and Stafford it's kind of like a Russell Wilson situation in terms of, I hope the floor is good enough, but I don't like his matchup as well as Russell Wilson's. That's kind of just where I cut it.
1: Yeah. Are you in the same, same boat there, Josh? I saw you nod your head a lot.
3: Yeah. I'd I never thought I'd say it, but I'm going to choose Russell Wilson. I was pretty low on him coming into the year, but that's going to be a, that going to be a shootout. I think, or it has a chance to be at least each team scoring over 20 points. So yeah, I, I like Russell Wilson out of those.
1: Yeah. I'll sweep it. Russell Wilson for me as well. Cause you're right. I mean, he's, there was a TikTok that I saw today when they were one and five, and they showed all the haters kind of talking about how bad they were. And then it showed when they were two and five, and it kept showing more comments about how bad they were. Then they were three and five, and then four and five, and you know now they're six and five, and they're like, "Whoa, shit! This team is actually doing." Pretty good. <laughs> like, where the hell did they come from? But yeah, he's been playing so much better. So yeah, I agree. All right, let's do uh we got two more here. We got one from Nick 2311. So he said he just lost JT. Uh the Zach Moss owner is going to trade him if he gives up Terry McLaurin. Uh it's a 12-man PPR league. So basically is it, you know, he wants to get Zach Moss. He has to give up
2: McLaurin. What are your thoughts here, Chu? I'm a big scary Terry fan, but you know, again, certainly in redraft. You, I think you got to do this. You know, I feel like in Washington You were talking about Jahan Dotson earlier. I know him being kind of third in the pecking order. But it's kind of hurt all of them with how, you know, the Eric Enemy offense, it's tremendously benefited Sam Howell aside from him getting destroyed, uh, you know, leading the league and getting sacked. But, I mean, all of the weapons he's had thrown it to Terry, to Samuel, uh, to Dotson, to Thomas, to Gibson, I mean, Brian Robinson. So there's no shortage of weapons in Washington and at least how well they're utilized. When Zach Moss starts, he's just going to be force-fed the ball. And I would very much rather have that. Uh, and again, if you say you just lost JT, I mean, you still have him. So if he is able to come back in the next couple of weeks and hopefully when you, uh, uh, championship, then you'll be happy about that. Yeah. A hundred percent.
1: Josh, what are your thoughts here? McLaurin and Zach Moss.
3: I agree with you. I'd take Zach Moss when he was playing before. And even when Taylor was there, he was top 10 and even top five in a lot of categories for efficiency, breaking tackles, uh, yards over expected. So I think he's a really good running back. Um yeah, I would much rather have a top twelve back. Well, now you have a guaranteed top twelve back with the Colts regardless. So I would definitely do that for
1: McLaurin. Yeah, agreed. I think Zach Moss at one point early in the season was the RB one overall in fantasy points, which is insane to think about. But yep. um yeah, Moss has been really good. If McLaurin's who I'm giving up, I'm assuming McLaurin is, you know, a fringe starter at, at best for his team. Um, we don't see his team here, so we don't really know, but I'm assuming and I think Zach Moss is a is a plug and play starter. So yeah, I would do that hundred percent. Jamie's got one in the chat here. This is like the gross, uh, this is the the, the puke, dark <laughs> question of all. Uh, <laughs> he's got Superflex leagues. Are you going Browning or Devito in Dynasty Superflex? Two.
2: Well, you know, just to stay true to my uh, my family is from upstate New York. Got got to go, Tommy Devito. He's a mama's boy. You know, I'm sure he's getting his laundry folded right now. He's getting himself a nice meal in his belly. He's ready to play. So I'm going Tommy mm-hmm. Devito. Them
3: chicken cutlets. That's right. <laughs> What about you, Josh? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Browning on this one. You know, Devito does have a little bit of rushing upside that Browning doesn't. But Browning's throwing to Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and still has Joe Mixon. So I'm not happy to start either one. I, I'm having to start Browning in my most expensive league this week, and I don't feel good about it. But that's where I would go.
1: Yeah, 100. I think honestly, so all of my super flex leagues that I run. I use the old uh, Scott Fishbowl uh, scoring, which if you have a bad quarterback, can get you negative points. So I'd be tempted to leave this spot blank because I don't want the negative points. But assuming Jamie's playing in a regular Dynasty Superflex league, uh, I lean to Vito just because of the, the little bit of rushing upside there. I do get your point though, Josh, with the with the weapons that uh, Browning has are much better than DeVito's weapons. Uh, we saw it the week that you know he played what last week, and he had two passes that should have been picked off that got tipped. That Jamar Chase somehow caught. Um, so you kind of can see the talent yeah. there. But I, I think DeVito with the rushing upside is, is who I'd roll with here, just to have a little bit of a safe floor. And we got one more here from the show sheet. Uh, this one is from Ruru on Discord 10 man PPR. Uh, basically, straight up here Nico Collins or uh, Apuka Nakua. What you
2: got here, Chu? I was going to take my dynasty hat off. Whenever I see a trade, I'm like, wait, oh, let's redraft. Okay. Uh, you know, at this point in the year, uh, yeah, I don't know the, the background of it, you know, who's, who's competing. Are you both competing? Has anyone locked it a playoff spot yet? But I lean Puka. I know Nico Collins has been going off as of late. Uh, but I mean, just looking at, uh, what Puka's got, he does have a tough next two matchups against the Browns and the Ravens. But then after that, you know, you've got Washington, uh, New Orleans should be pretty tough, but then you have the Giants. So I'm really like kind of looking ahead to what is the playoff schedule looking like, and I trust that a little bit more than uh, Nico having to share that piece of the pie with Dell and Schultz and Brown and whoever else. So okay, Are you
3: going with Puka here?
2: Yeah.
3: All right. What about you, Josh? I'm gonna go with Nico Collins. Um, I almost I had Puka's name written down for a potential fade if someone took one of mine. And this is obviously redraft, not dynasty, but four of his last six games, he's had seven or fewer PPR points. And I think Kyron Williams coming back and them running the offense through him. I don't know if they're gonna keep doing that, but they looked a lot better doing that. And actually won. So I I don't know. It's a there's a chance Puka could score 30 points, but I trust Nico more.
1: Yeah. Now, one thing I will say as a general rule, especially in redraft, that I don't like to do. I don't like ch- ch- trading the same position for the same position because it, yep. it, it ends up being like, who do you like more, essentially? Like you're not going to offer a, you know, a bum for a good receiver. So you're essentially putting Puka and Nico Collins in the same tier and then saying, which one of these guys do you like more? Uh, personally, I, I'm on the Nico Collins side. Uh, I, like, I do like Puka. I like coming into the season. Uh, Puka has been nothing short of amazing with his rookie season coming out of nowhere. Uh, but I, I truly believe that when all the Texans receivers are healthy, I think Nico Collins is the alpha. I know Tank Dell has been balling out lately, uh, but if you look, even the the games that Tank Dell balled out, Nico Collins still had more targets than than, than Tank Dell did. Tank Dell just had more of the big plays. But I think Nico Collins is still the alpha in this offense, and this offense is going to be good for a while. And I do think that they go into the, the into the fancy playoffs here looking for Nico Collins a lot more, so I'll go Nico Collins here, but you really can't go wrong either way. like I said yeah. they're both in the same tier they both have you know they're both target monsters, but I prefer Nico Collins of these two guys. All right guys, that wraps up the podcast. I want to thank uh both of you for coming on tonight. um I don't know if Ryan had a chance to tune in tonight, probably not he's a he's a he's a week a week hitched um but uh, again, appreciate both of you guys coming on. appreciate all the work y'all do over at going for two as well. Uh, I'll give you all a chance here real quick to plug your Twitter handle one more time and anything you're working on. We'll go to you first, too.
2: Yes, check me out on Twitter at Father Dynasty. Uh, and, of course, check out the YouTube channel, Father, uh, Father Dynasty. You got the podcast episodes, trades, that sort of thing. And, uh, Jeff, shout out to you for, you know, having me on here as much as you have and obviously giving me a chance to write for going for two. So I really appreciate it. Yep, love having you, man. Josh, what you got?
3: Hey, you can follow me on Twitter at Rotonaut, R-O-T-O-N-A-U-T, uh, you can also find my dynasty rankings over at going for two.com and tune in on the going for two YouTube Saturday nights at seven 30 to listen to me and Brian uh, run our mouths a little bit. It's a fun time. I think we got pretty good information in there. So good stuff. Uh,
1: so I'm going to end it with a, a little bit of bad news. Uh, our last show of the season for the armchair Fantasy show is going to be next Wednesday. Uh, it's very early this season. For some reason, we usually don't do fantasy playoffs. Uh, so next week uh, would be going into week 15. So it'll be our last week of the season. Um, with that said, we are going to do our annual holiday episode that we always do. It'll be December 20th. Uh, these two gentlemen will be on there as well. Uh, if you've watched it in the past, I mean, I've always been <laughs> open with this line. This episode is not for the listeners. Y'all are welcome <laughs> to tune in and have fun. But we're just going to be drinking and doing trivia and having a good old time. Uh, so feel free to tune in but uh, we'll be having that on december 20th uh we're gonna do uh, some trivia we'll do some fun mock drafts that kind of stuff just a bunch of uh jamie's in the chat so he's a little upset because you know he's a he's a regular to the episodes here he knows that we're getting ready to shut it down for the season but uh on a good note uh me and ryan have been talking you know in the past we've kind of uh glossed over a little bit on the early rookie stuff. So this year we're going to spend a little bit more time on the rookies. So when we get back in, uh, in January or early February, we're going to have a bunch of stuff uh, planned for the rookies and getting ready for uh, the rookie, the rookie season. And we're going to do a bunch of um, uh, profiles for all the rookies and really break them down. So that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, So you can look for that in the new year, but yeah, one more episode next week, we got Shane Barrett coming on formerly of going for two. Uh, now kind of does his own thing, but he'll be on next week to uh, close it out. We'll probably do some kind of award show as well. Uh, but that is it for this show. For Chu, for Josh, I'm Jeff, and we will see you all next week.